Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay. All right. You ready? I got it. Okay. Let's we'll see what happens. <laughs> Energy. It's going to be an interesting show. (laughs) (laughs) I was asked uh, by George uh, to uh, come up to see him and talk to him about directing, which would would be the third Star Wars. And I had next door to zero interest. (laughs) But... I always admired George. You know, George is a guy that does what he loves, and I do what I love. The difference is what George loves makes hundreds of billions of dollars. <laughs> so I thought I should go up and at least visit with him. And it was incredible. I had to go to this building in L.A. first and get a special credit card, and I had to get a special keys, and a letter came, and a map and um, then I went into the airport, and I flew up, and then they had a rental car all ready for me, and this uh, keys, and, you know, everything was set, and I was to drive to this place, and I came into an office, and there was George, and he, he talked with me for a little bit, and then he said, I want to show you something. Now, right about in this time, I started getting a little bit of a headache, just a, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. So he took me upstairs, and he showed me these things called Wookies. And now this headache is getting you know getting stronger. From the ashes of your delusional fantasies of being a Hollywood starlet, it's <laughs> scraping the vault. <laughs> How'd that, how'd that go? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Did I nail it? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hold on. We're, we're the two voices in your head. Hold on. Yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> Hello. Hi. My name Hi. is your cousin. <laughs> I am also Jimmy, and that's Dan. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Audrey. Watch and out. This is... There's a tumbleweed, but it's got a face, and now it's got arms, and... Don't forget to pay the tab. <laughs> yeah, uh, so uh, <laughs> delusional fantasies. Did we make did my first, yeah. my first David Lynch experience. Very first. <laughs> yeah, ever. We're gonna get into it. I think before we get any further, if you have not seen the 2002 film <laughs> Mulholland Drive, <laughs> so that's this what's is gonna funny. be filled with spoilers. <laughs> so here, here's why I'm I was kind of nervous about it because when I went on Amazon, there yeah. was a 2001 version hmm. and it was unavailable. Right. I could only watch the 2021 version, but I'm like, it has Naomi Watts, so I hope I'm watching the right thing. And uh, I don't still know don't why... know if I did. Yeah. No. You. Well, I mean, that's. Kind of the sign that you watched a David Lynch movie is you're not sure if you watched one. And IMDb says it came out in 1999. Who knows? 
Who knows? So, Maybe they're all true. Maybe we live in a David Lynch movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, might explain a few things. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Welcome back to you know, our, Wait a minute. Maybe yeah? we are living in a David Lynch movie because based on my only experience being Mulholland Drive, right? even if it's explained – there's still stuff in it that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Just but like yet, life. Totally. But yet does if you, yeah, it's. It depends on who you are because everybody has a different interpretation of what it, it means. Yes. Yeah, it's just like life. It and explains it's not a either. the <laughs> tiny older couple climbing out of my cup of tea. I love the tiny older couple. What? I love the, the tiny hell? older couple so much. We, we okay. have to talk okay. about that. Yeah, and yeah. why are they so small coming from under her door? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> Why are so, they so okay. happy? <laughs> All right. So, final warning for realsies. If you if you're watching the if you're if you see this on your feed and you're like, oh, I bet they're not going to get into great detail. Well, uh, never listen to we're the show. Going to have to. <laughs> yes, you never listen to the show, and this is not a good idea for your first episode. <laughs> Start with Rudolph. Start make with your Rudolph. Way yeah, and make, those and of you who Beauty and the Rudolph, Beast, the second Beauty and the Beast one, right. do that one just before this one. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it looks like every year we do a thing where jimmy wants to watch the christmas movie and mm-hmm. i don't like christmas movies so i throw a tantrum and i say we're gonna watch something difficult <laughs> and boy yeah. was but that it I al- but that i also love or am interested in seeing mm-hmm. and uh this time around we watch mohall and drive in case you haven't heard it Last chance, no spoilies. Wait, lots of spoilies. Lots of spoilies. Um, Maybe. Sh- <laughs> who knows? <laughs> we will talk a lot about things that we observed in yes. the movie <laughs> and possibly get into some analysis. Um, let me give you – this is the point where I usually talk about the history and what was happening in the world at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But just in case people aren't on board with uh, – David Lynch and who he is, what he does, and why this is <laughs> such a fun episode for me. Um, I'm going to try to make sense of him for you via, let's see, a Senses of Cinema article that I have kind of read, and I'm just going to kind of skim for you oh, great. right now. <laughs> okay, so David Lynch... Um, had a happy childhood, despite what you might think. Um, Shocking. Yes. Yeah. He was a, a very creative person, as is apparent. He studied art in at the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Art. He started out ma- really as a painter, and then he got into the idea of using cinema as painting. Uh, one of his first things was something called Six Figures Getting Sick, which is a looped <laughs> animation project. Uh, that is exactly what it sounds like, and it's marvelous. Uh, he also made creepy films. One of them is The Alphabet. One of them is The Grandmother. It's exactly what it sounds like, except creepy. And David Lynch. Um, people might know him from Eraserhead, which is uh, partly inspired by his disgust of an industrial and violent Philadelphia and express- expressing many of his anxieties over having just become a father. Um this was going to be the movie that we watched. Then I watched it and I realized I'm not going to do that to Jimmy quite yet. (laughs) Um, Thank you. (laughs) He uh, then went on to make the elephant man. Yes. That elephant man. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Because Mel Brooks was really 
impressed by Eraserhead, and he was like, that's the guy to make my movie about a real person. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> then uh, he made the Dune that people often refer to as, and I'm going to use a quote here, the bad one. Um, <laughs> he agrees with you, by the way, um, and has since disowned that movie and has since refused to make a movie that he does not have final cut for on and on. Um, <laughs> right. Around. Then he went on to make Blue Velvet, another movie that we almost watched, but then I thought, maybe not, this is probably not the one that Jimmy wants to start with. However, if Jimmy wants to move on, this would be the next one. Um, it kind of uh, explores suburban themes, nostalgia, but then twists everything and shows that violence is everywhere, madness is everywhere, horror is everywhere, and by the way, as is his, this, his aesthetic, it's beautiful. Mm. Um, then he went on to make Twin, Twin Peaks. If you've been alive for the past, oh, 50 years, you know what that is. Um, I know and what then that is. I think, <laughs> and I think from there we can kind of just say Twin Peaks, and then it gets weirder. And a lot of people have said that Mulholland Drive is, oddly enough, the by some people's opinion, the best first David Lynch movie and a culmination of his aesthetic up to that point. Well said, well article. Yeah. <laughs> article mixed with Dan opinion. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and either one of you just take the lead whenever you want to. I want to know what because Audrey, you had not seen this movie yet. I had right? not. Uh and but I you were a Twin Peaks fan. Yes, Twin Peaks or the, are. Yes. The first episode of Twin Peaks I ever saw was the one also spoilers. Um the one with the spoilers nuclear for everything explosion. Lynch. <laughs> All things Lynch. And I I love spoilers typically because I don't know, I'm a weirdo. With David Lynch, it's best not to have it spoiled, I think, because it really right. is about discovery and kind of investigation and, and reflection. And I don't know. I was very excited to watch this movie. Um, I should not have watched it after taking two Benadryls and at night and alone <laughs> with headphones wow, on. Perfect. Because yes. it really did scare the pants off me. And I had a hard time sleeping after watching it. Uh, mm -hmm. It was incredibly interesting and i'm so excited we get to talk about it finally yeah great um i will briefly get into my lynch experience those of you who have listened to a lot of the things that i've done you, you don't need to tell you this is this is my aesthetic but jimmy um what did you think this movie would be what were your uh, prejudices or not prejudices. I want to know your headspace when you press play. Well, uh, I don't know anything about David Lynch, but I know a lot about you. And yes. so by, by default, um, I had no idea what to expect. Right. Uh, I knew that it wasn't going to be normal. I knew it wasn't going to be a typical, like this happens, then this happens because this happens kind of sequential linear film. I knew it was mm. not going to be a linear movie. I thought it was going to be about Los Angeles and some kind of nefarious thing that happened 
uh, with yeah, some kind of social commentary. Like that's kind of what Some I would say you're correct. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, but I didn't, I, I didn't do, I mean, you even sent uh, an article in our chat, like mm. the things to notice. I didn't even look at it because I didn't, I didn't want to have anything going in. Right. Um, and so that's, that was kind of it. I watched it during the day on purpose. Good idea. <laughs> in my office. So smart. <laughs> with, with the headphones on. And also a good idea. At a reasonable just, volume, I hope. Not cranked yeah, up was, like was, I did because it was quiet at first. I, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I didn't crank it up. It was quiet at first. I, I bumped it up because the sound design was um, just phenomenal. And, mm-hmm. and I, I loved like, it. I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's unnerving. It's unnerving. I, yeah. <laughs> but even yeah. like some of the screams and reactions were synthesized and resonated into the next yep. scene. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been able to get that if I were just watching it on a TV. So totally. I had it on my monitor, which effectively the distance between my face and the monitor, I may as well be in the front seat of the movie theater without having to crane my head neck so I could see everything because I'm blind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was absolutely captivated by it i was uncomfortable where i was supposed to be uncomfortable i I anticipated the jump scare so what i find very interesting about that jump scare is that it tells you exactly what's going to happen and then when it happens it's still effective here's here's what i (sighs) what was so unnerving what was so unnerving about this movie and i assume it's his film style is that like tight uncut shots of people for way too long yes like yes. way too long and is yes. it because he wants you to remember that face because i know that many of the characters had very distinctive features mm-hmm. and and full disclosure i don't know who justin Thoreau is i've heard this name he's one of these people that's been in a bunch of random stuff right like, he was um uh like not the mandalorian but it's the only thing i'm thinking of in the last jedi he was in that? The the yeah, the one that was the actual person though. The the guy that they were supposed to go get help from. Hmm. The like the man the, the he's he was on the casino planet. They're oh yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. The with the guy. red palm bloom, palm bloom that, or whatever. Yes, that yeah, guy. See, and that's the things. I don't I don't I know what he looks like in that movie, but I don't know what he looks like. And so right. at the cafe at Winkies, the first time with the guy who had, you know, very prominent eyebrows and, mm-hmm, and all these mm-hmm. sub characters all had really distinct features. And I think that's on purpose. Right. It was like, is that Justin throw? And then when, when he came on, like, that's gotta be him. Cause he's pretty. They're like, <laughs> like <laughs> faces you see in a dream where they're oh, human. <laughs> oh oh yeah. boy. Um, yeah, so that that was just the the film style, and the, it was uncomfortable. Like the long pans to things, like you know something's going to happen, then something doesn't happen, and then mm-hmm. it does happen. But yeah, the, the, it was just unnerving, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. <sighs> what and I noticed so much imagery, right? And we'll get into all the details. And I'm going off of a synopsis, and I'm counting on Audrey and Jimmy to pull me out of that and kind of get into more of a conversation. Um, But yes, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. What I noticed more this time around was how the movie and there's essays out there about this. Jimmy, you probably watched one. I watched a couple of video essays. How he how he how Lynch subverts your expectations like on purpose Mm -hmm. to where like at the beginning you really think 
this is like a made for TV movie level. Yeah. Of, I yeah. I wrote down why are they acting poorly on purpose? Like, yeah, are they bad the acting on purpose? Weirdest thing. Yes, they are. <laughs> I was like, because Naomi Watts is a good actress, but this is yeah. horrible. Right. Like, yeah. 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 It's so anyway, let's get into this. Moholland Drive, I'm going off a synopsis on IMDB because I didn't want Jimmy to ruin his experience by writing all the details. Thank you. And who could? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I probably could, but I am probably the laziest of the three of us. You've listened to uh, the Supreme Resort. So um, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Not really. I just saved my effort. so, along Mulholland Drive above Los Angeles. Wait, is this tra- before the swing dancing? Oh, okay. So, it opens with swing dancing. Yeah, and some it, clouds and stuff. Just and like Cowboy Bebop. But not really. <laughs> just yeah. like it. So, I, I even wrote down, I was like, is this because it was made, it was filmed during the 90s and like swing dancing was a big thing at the time? Because they were like well, jitterbugging. We found, I, I, I know the answer. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's swing dancing and there's puffy clouds and then there's a silhouette of Naomi Watts and some old people yeah. that come back later. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, they they sure do. Um and then Jimmy did you or Audrey both, did you notice that before any of the meat of the story happens, we hear some breathing and then uh, the camera hits a pillow. Did not catch it. Oh That's my god. Uh no, but I have chills now. <laughs> Why? Why? So one of the things I love about David Lynch so, so much is he anything that is important to the plot or the story or anything, he's hiding nothing. He's hiding right. the irrelevant. He hides the irrelevant things, but all the things it takes for you to like kind of get intuitively what's happening, he just hands it to you. So if you watch it again, knowing that this is the case and knowing how it ends – He's the, telling you right up front, this is a dream. The pillow case? Because right. she's her head is hitting the pillow. Her she's head's hitting the pillow. Dream. Yeah. Get she's it? having a dream. <laughs> oh, I get <laughs> it. Yep. Get it. <laughs> um I don't want to watch it again, but I absolutely do want to watch it again. Because it's yeah. so confusing and and curious well, and like and the com- the compl- the complex emotions that are revealed on the second half. Really, hey, let's really be honest. Off. Like the last quarter of this movie, right? Right. Oh, that's my true. God. It is all about the last quarter. Um. So anyway, I mean, that's the that, movie. Like the the movie to me is the last when when they're actually being real, and yeah. and the the sort of the discovery, and then the first. I mean, let's call it two thirds of of the dream. Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah. I, I have so yeah. much to say. Yeah. It's like you, but you need all of those parts in right. order for the last part to work, you know? Oh my um, God. It's, it's uh, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like 2001 where it's like, it's all about the payoff, mm-hmm. but you need to do all of that work in order for the payoff to be a payoff. You can't just get to that so, first and it be kind of what it no, is. No, because it, it wouldn't mean anything. It would yeah. just be like, oh, okay. Star baby. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, spoilers for 2001. Uh, I guess. (laughs) Spoilers for everything, even movies that haven't been made yet. Um, So an attractive uh, brunette woman uh, played by Laura Herring, she's in a limousine, and suddenly the driver stops and orders her to get out of the car at gunpoint. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. Right. And she says, this isn't where we stop. 
right? Um, did did actually that ever ha- actually happen? I'm going to ask this question a lot. Did okay. that actually happen? We are in the dream right now. Right. So that, that never happened. Did she have, uh, was she concussed? Did she have amnesia? Did any here's, of that happen? So here's an interpretation that I have seen and that I, that seems to be tr- true and accurate is that Naomi Watts's character, Diane, mm-hmm. um, Betty. W- Betty, yeah. Betty's. But her actual name is Diane. But the Betty's the name she gave herself in the dream because the waitress at Winky's when she's there ordering the hit was named Betty. Right, right. So what's happening according to this (laughs) fan theory that I agree with. I watch Audrey's brain explode just then. I know. Is that this this was a relationship between a lead actress and a background actress. Right. And the lead actress was... She's kind of just, you know, she's a star. She doesn't really, she can kind of do whatever she wants. And she tends to not intentionally use or manipulate people, but that's just kind of what she does. Um, she sleeps her way to the top. Sleeps her way to the top, but is also probably very talented. Um, and so they have a relationship and Diane gets way, way more into it than the successful one and she's already kind of crazy because she thinks that she could make it in hollywood because she wins this prize at the jitterbug contest yeah and so we get into this obsession of hers that she want that she's going to be a star that she also ties into this woman that she's dating and then she feels betrayed by this woman but She's tied her entire reality into this person and then orders a hit on her. So according to this theory, and I, again, I'm co-signing on it. um, What we're seeing in that moment in the limousine is because she still loves this person. Yeah. Diane still loves this person. Mm. She can't bring herself to imagine her actually dying. So in her fantasy world, she's thinking, what if the hit didn't work? What if the hit didn't actually happen? And oh. now, right. So I still have this person that I love. Oh, interesting. Okay. So playing out the scenario of, of if this person started over again, she would find right. me. We would fall in love. Right. Ah, Whoa. Interesting. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> And that's the movie, everyone. Thanks yeah. for listening. Kind of <laughs> is, really, but um, um, but I mean, that's what the movie's about. It's a it's a love right. story. It's a tragic love story. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah, and <sighs> yeah. So, so, so anyway, go ahead. Here, here we go. Okay, so uh, driver stops, orders her to get out. Uh, before she can exit, though, a car driven by joy joy riding teenagers plows into the limo. Drivers are killed, but the woman emerges from the wreck, and in a daze, she stumbles down the hillside and into Hollywood. She falls asleep in the bushes in front of a luxury apartment complex uh, from the golden era of Hollywood. And then uh, the next morning, she sneaks into one of the apartments as its tenant, Ruth Elms, uh, leaves by taxi with her luggage. Meanwhile, two police detectives find an earring at the scene of the accident and realize that someone may have survived the crash. Mm -hmm. And they begin their search from there. 
Um, then we go to Winky's restaurant, which Jimmy talked about. Mm-hmm. I watched this scene three times in a row just to like, cause I, <laughs> not the, not the whole, it was just the part in the diner, not before they yeah. got outside, but I watched it yeah. so many times because I was too distracted by how it was filmed and edited. Mm-hmm. And I, what do you mean? Uh, Cause it's like not a normal shot reverse shot conversation where it's like cameras mm-hmm. behind one person's head, cameras behind the other person's head, shot reverse shot. It was a little bit more like Cohen style where they get right in front of the person's face. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the difference between Lynch and Cohen is Cohen brothers have a static camera and Lynch was using like this weird floating yeah. camera, yeah, which would go cam. in and out. And Which would make sense if you're dreaming this, right? <laughs> and and the guy who's talking about who's scared about his dream and this is what happens. You're always there. Was when she was ordering the hit. That same guy was standing where the guy that she thought. You know. Th- anyway, sorry. Um, oh! So that was the guy, and so she oh! was putting him in that position. Yep. She was playing both characters. She was the she's, two men. She's here's the thing. She's a lot of the characters in here, and a yes. lot of characters are her. And because it's dream logic, it it you can it, everything can shift all the time. Oh my god! Which, which again, <laughs> from the, from the dream perspective, because that's what the majority of this movie is is her dream or fantasy right. or, or projection. And in the dream logic, what I'm I'm sitting here watching this, and they're in the the director, and they're in this little boardroom, and the weird guy <laughs> with the espresso, and, okay. and the sound yeah. there was like it was like there was a boom mic in the center of the room. So some people you could hear really well, other people you couldn't. There was a ton mm-hmm. of ADR in mm-hmm. the, like the airport area. Oh, and- that I love that so much because it totally it, it it's part of that subversion of expectations thing. It's like here is this, and it's the first time we see Diane or Betty mm-hmm. in her own dream. So it's like this idealized mm-hmm. thing where like even the te- like she's like, oh no, where's my luggage? I already oh. have it, ma'am. Right. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. And and she gets in the taxi, doesn't tell him where she's going, and just off to fulfill yeah. her dreams. And I like right. there were Amazing. there were sentences that I wrote down like just like in the movies. Like Yes. Yes. It's like just like it's it's all such a fantasy. I'm like, this yeah. is the weirdest damn thing. And it's not Here I it's am not living normal. in this dream place. Yeah. <laughs> Stars in her eyes oh, and all that. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't yeah. actually twinkle in the airport. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's that and that's that's another great touch is that he goes right up to the point where it would almost make sense for him to have stars in their eyes. But like yeah. you pull back just to touch, be like, no, this is still maybe reality. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> the, uh, and it's not like supernatural horror. It's just kind of natural horror in this weird it's the horror weird of way. being a person. Yes. Yeah. Oh, terrifying. <laughs> in a person in the Audis, all of their hair and clothing is so bad, but they're wearing so much yeah. makeup. Oh, sorry. I just. Well, it, it's the it's there. the horror of, of being a person existing in a confusing world with complex emotions and complex circumstances and things that you can't all that you cannot control and just dealing with that reality. Oh. You know, that's that's what that's what makes this horror is he's actually showing you this is what it feels like to be a person. Mm. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> yeah, and, and then uh, you're gonna get here shortly. Yeah. Because yeah. so so Rita 
not Rita. She she calls herself Rita because she doesn't remember who she is. She's in the shower. She sees dark haired lady from before in the from synopsis. Before, yeah, just to and get people on board. So she 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 falls asleep, and then you've got and then Betty who lands at the airport, and then they have the, these two old people that are with her. <laughs> the dude comes out of nowhere, and then they're all like super happy, and it's all this fake dialogue and then she gets in the taxi and then they see the old people in the back of a car with abnormal smiles like uncomfortable uh-huh. that's way too big of a smile this doesn't make sense this can't who be real they? who are they well we'll get into who i think they might be <clears throat> oh man please that's the other and thing again they- i have no answers i all i have is i've watched this movie a bunch of times i've watched some video essays that's that's it i'm i'm not trying to claim any authority here at all other than the person who has seen this movie the most. We've also never learned, uh, uh, you know, the two people in the diner, they just show up. There's no context given. We don't know who those characters are at all. And it's never explained either. Like, well, we like never said, go the, back the, and see. The one guy with the eyebrows who has the dream or is having the dream, she saw him in the diner paying at the counter when she mm-hmm. was ordering the hit in real world. So she yeah. project, cause we don't ever see anybody in our dreams who we haven't seen in real life. Right. And so she saw him there. So she placed him in the diner and that, but the guy she's, he's talking to presumably his boss or whatever. I, I don't know, remember she seeing him again. Him? Well, she wants, she needs, well, for whatever reason, I think she needs to deal with the, trouble that she feels that she's in she needs to feel the horror that she's feeling but she needs to assign it to somebody else and so here's this random person that i saw at this place he can be the one feeling the thing that i'm right yeah that makes sense. disassociation right Right. and and they go back to when they need to make a phone call they make a phone call at that very winkies right and the, and the payphone that we pass when we anyway, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Cause, no, that's fine. Oh, Cause the Winkies, so the Winkies, crazy. Winkies is where she hires the hit. So that's right. That is now a, a significant place to her. That's kind of where, where all of this trouble starts. And that's why when he's talking about there's a person behind this building, they're responsible for all of this. Yeah. We they, need to get into uh, that. They person. did this. Not that, <laughs> that monstrous like hobo or whatever. Oh, yeah. My God. I, it's not. It's not just me being a person who is flawed and f- goes full flaw mode and orders a hit on my, I don't know, ex-girlfriend or ex-just right. sexual lover. In- love- lover, right? I can't think of myself as being that person, so I need to ascribe it to some like potentially supernatural entity out there. I'm going to throw this out there, and this may be a totally obvious dumb thing to say, but Go for I, it. I think that David Lynch saw Sunset Boulevard with Norma Desmond, who One of his didn't favorite quite live. There you go. Saw that, remade it, and instead of Sunset Boulevard, it's Mulholland Drive. Right. And he remade that movie in his way. That's totally a David Lynch thing to do. That's what I One of away. his movies may or may not be kind of a remake of The Wizard of Oz. Oh. <laughs> I won't say which one. Wow. <laughs> But Time we also watch almost watched Lynch. that one. Oh, it's Lynch is so fun. Or Blue I Velvet? mean, in his own way. I'm not saying I'm not going to okay, ruin it for anybody. Very, 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 I'm only ruining this movie. So I, okay, yeah. um, yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, no, I just wanted to talk about the sound for a second. Um, yeah, 
it's funny how he for there's a lot of stuff where you'd think they'd put like foley in like diner diner babble or mm, like mm-hmm. the clinking of diner table stuff also I notice didn't even notice until now that, that that's not in there he cuts out well in the airport too i think someone mentioned like the sound was weird there um they he, i noticed that he cuts out any moment where people like would breathe in or say um like there are no fillers there's nothing in the way that they're it's talking not reality. Yeah. yeah so it's just it's fascinating that he has that attention he has that level of attention to detail where he he knows that's an element he can play with in the design of this to make it offsetting because you you're not hearing the diner things you think you should hear so it feels weird it feels off right yeah but that's and that's what makes him so interesting as a filmmaker because like those are things you take for granted in a movie right well and and this takes me back to kind of I haven't said this explicitly explicitly yet but a lot of people. You know, they want to just say, oh, his movies are weird to be weird. But it's really with a purpose. Like, he's yeah. n- it's not just like random stuff. It's it like, it certainly feels I mean, that some way sometimes. Of it, can feel, it can feel random when you're <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the storm. But like, that's also just how a dream works. Like, yeah, there are totally. random things, but there's a through line. Yeah, like the the scene that I, I've talked about before where they're telling the director that they need to hire this girl. It was all just very weird. This is the girl. This right. is the girl. And then girl. the espresso thing is so weird. <laughs> like, And he like knew he was going to spit it out. He asked for a napkin so he could spit yeah. it out, and it was graphically spit out. It was like, just yeah. like so, so completely unexpected. That's the other thing. Uh, this reminds me. In college, I took a, gra- a computer graphics course or game design course or whatever, and we were supposed to design something as our final project based on a dream. And that's the teacher said because dreams, they're, they're emotionally powerful and significant to each person, but like talking about them isn't enough. So it's yeah. cool to see that David Lynch is taking a dream and the feeling that you get from that and then creating a movie out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just so unique and special and i don't think any other director attempts it in the same way that he does is that true i i, I, I have th- i have 12 more paragraphs yeah <laughs> um, I, I just want to say one more thing because no, we, yeah. we will have talked about some of the things you're going to describe so we can skip through them but right. um one of the the uh, it felt very pulp fictiony to me mm, like yeah nonsense non sequential non sequential non sequential yeah right um, so, and I, I, I don't know if it's just the style of filmmaking or whatever, but that, that's the only parallel I had was Quentin Tarantino. I think it's fair to say Tarantino was probably very inspired by David Lynch. <gasps> that's fair. Oh, <gasps> Jump scare. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that really messed me up. I was full body <laughs> ch- chills and just like that, that feeling of cold clenching that you get when, when that slow think, jump scare happens, and I was just like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Do you think was it was more a, effective because you knew what was going to happen? Well, probably, yeah. I don't know. That's the thing is, like, uh, I I guess 
I I had watched that diner scene over and over because I kept trying to make sense of it, of what the characters were saying. And I was like, who are these characters? What is he talking about? And then they start going outside. I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel good. But I'm also because David Lynch, sometimes he doesn't do a jump scare. He just makes you feel awkward and uncomfortable. But then it happened and I was like, no. And there are parts (laughs) later on in the movie where I'm just like, I know something bad is about to happen. And I'm like taking my headphones off and I'm like Uh getting away from the computer. We're going to get into this (sighs) later in the plot. But um, did you notice when uh, Diane slash Betty, we're going to call her Betty now. Yeah, she's Betty Betty now. Right. When Betty Mm, Betty. was... (laughs) When she was moving through the apartment and we have her POV, yeah. it's kind of that creepy horror thing. Yep. But then any shots that aren't her point of view mm-hmm. were that weird, like, made-for-TV movie style. Yeah, tacky yeah. third-person, like, right. <laughs> sitcom. Weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. All right. So we so, – Betty's okay. at the airport. Right. So we got – we're not even there yet. Oh, boy. Winkies. Okay. We talked about Winkies. What happens is – Now uh, you know they, how it feels. They, <laughs> I, oh, I, I know. Uh, so basically they talk about this this entity that is responsible for everything just like we talked about and – the guy's really scared to actually go confront the fear, but his, I'm assuming friend mm-hmm. is like, no, we need to do this. You brought me here for a reason. And sure enough, you know, a creepy face appears and, oh. um, <laughs> does he die? I don't know. I, we've, we don't see these, these characters again. Right. Except yeah. for yeah, you know, on the other side of the dream. Right. Um, so cut two. Betty Elms, Naomi Watts, a.k.a. Diane, uh, arrives in Los Angeles from Deep River, Ontario. And at the airport, she explains to an elderly couple she met on her flight that she hopes to make it big as an actress. Uh, her Aunt Ruth is allowing her to stay in the apartment while she's away filming in Canada. Her aunt is. Then uh, when and then the creepy the couple, you know, they have pleasantries. The couple does the creepy smile thing that Jimmy talked about. And when Betty arrives at Ruth's apartment building, Coco Linux, played I by Ann Miller, the, she's the friendly landlady who I love her revealed character at the end, mm-hmm. uh, greets her and lets her in. And she's exploring the apartment and she finds the brunette, who we don't know her name yet, cowering in the shower and assumes that she's a friend of her aunt's. Terrifying. So, right? So, but because we're in this reality where everything is just magical and it works, she's not perceived as a threat. It's just, mm-hmm. oh, he must be a friend of my aunt's. Yes. Um, that it was felt weird. very, oh my gosh. Now that you say it, I, I didn't write it down, but I thought this feels like watching a very Brady Christmas. Like, right. The dialogue, this, the style of filmmaking, the shots, it just all felt it's like when she's on the phone, which comes up soon, she's talking to her aunt. It's kind of like, what do you mean she's not a friend? Like, right, right. Yeah. It's so and, tacky. It, I love it. Yes, totally. But, but, but if you re, if, if you go back to the theory that this is her trying to justify someone that she loves not dying in this thing mm-hmm. that she arranged and then having a chance to re get to know them and, right. and love them on their terms. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, she would not be a threat. It would right. just be, oh, we already know each other because this is a dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wondered why she went from 
come lay in the bed to I'm in love with you, like, how did that happen so fast? And it's because she was in love with her. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the dream needs her to be, right? right. So wow. um, she, so she, the woman in, is dazed and confused, and uh, she just wants to – she just keeps talking about, I just want to sleep. And she explains that she was in a car accident, and at some point – she, I believe she's in the shower and she yes. sees a poster for Gilda, um, starring Rita Hayworth. And she decides, I'm just going to take the name Rita, right? Um, but she doesn't initially admit that she doesn't know who she is. She just thinks, well, if I just sleep, I'll figure it out. Right. So Betty, Betty and Rita open up her purse. Oh yeah. So th- at this point, somewhere between then, <laughs> I'm, making sense of everything then and where we're going to get to um the brown-haired lady says actually i don't know who i am i don't remember anything i thought if i got some sleep it would clear it up but i don't know anything uh-huh. um so betty says well here's your purse what if we open it up and see you know if it has any identification or whatever and they find so much money. <laughs> stacks and stacks of $100 bills. Stacks and stacks. And a bizarre blue key yeah. that looks just enough like a key to be apparent that it's a key, but it's also not a key. But, like, the key uh-huh. part is a triangle. Like right. A cylindrical triangle for whatever lack of a yeah. better. Yeah. And people who... And it's who, blue, by the way. Right. And then... Uh, Twin Peaks or, or, or Twin Peaks or David Lynch veterans and Audrey tell me if this is correct or not. Immediately when you see that, it's like, okay, this is what this is going to be about. <laughs> this is going to be this, this mystery. Is, this, yeah, this is not from this world. This is this is going to be the thing that the rest of the movie ends up being about on some level. Ah. Hmm. Uh... Uh, I don't remember feeling that way. I just was mm. like, this key is important, but I have no right. idea why. And like, yeah, it's unnatural in color. So that yeah, makes it yeah. weird. But and again, it's and shape in, in Twin Peaks. Again, spoilers. You've got like this weird industrial space alien thing feeling mm-hmm. from like the people working the steam machine on another planet. Like, Hold on, Jimmy. Do you have any intent of watching Twin Peaks ever? I mean, I'm now more than ever. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so Audrey, we need to be vague with any Lynch-related spoilers. Damn it. Well, yeah, anyway, from what I've just besides said, besides this one, you know the feeling of just like right, right. This, this is a this is a genre that's never existed before and never exists will never exist again somehow, and you just know it's off in a way. Right. It's just like yeah. See, for I think for me it was like it, when I saw it originally in the theaters. <laughs> that's right. Um, oh my god! <laughs> when when I saw the blue key, I was like, okay, here we are. We're officially. It's this has always been Lynch territory, but now we are like ringing the doorbell. Here we go. Yeah, and I had no idea what to expect. I'd never seen anything David Lynch. So I'm like, maybe he's just a director who like directs the people to be bad actors. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the, this but key in this case, and money. That's actually true. He actually did. Right, I think clearly. He did and, say like, do a bad version of this. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, and then when she like actually acts in that first audition, is like, God, she's good. And I, yeah, she's a good actor. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, so she's bad acting. And then, but yeah, your, to your point, the money and the key, that was 
for me, the beginning of the movie where, okay, that's what this is going to be about. They're going to solve mm-hmm. the mystery of this woman. Mm-hmm. They're going to find out that it was like a pre-planned hit. She had all this money and she's a rich, powerful person. And so they were she's after the money. Yeah. yeah. Or, or something. And they, and these yeah. people are plotting against her because she's got all this money. She's rich. And so they were going to kill her for the money. And they were going to, it's, it was going to be a murder mystery is right. what. What kind of is, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, or or like uh, applying just a very vague dream logicy kind of thing. She's important, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So they uh, they hide the objects in a hat box mm-hmm. and decide to solve the mystery of Rita's identity together. They're gonna go fight crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm crime we cut fighting to Barbie. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like we're gonna we're gonna solve this mystery. This is a Scooby Doo uh, episode. Um, so, side story and it gets introduced. Filmmaker Adam Kesher, uh, Jimmy's new favorite actor, Justin Throw, is in a meeting <laughs> downtown with his agent, um, and then two thuggish. <laughs> brothers, that's uh, uh, IMDb's uh, description, not mine. Played by Dan Hedaya, who is that guy that you've seen yep. in he's a bunch a, in of everything. movies playing yeah. that role. Mm-hmm. And he's, oddly, Cher's father in no Clueless. Oh, okay, Cher's yeah. father in Clueless. Yeah. Oh, for reference. I thought you meant the singer. Um, <laughs> no. And for David Lynch fans, Angela Badalamente. Who, Angela. or Bob is, uh, the other character. He's the guy who's done the music for like every David Lynch thing ever. And he vomits um, the coffee. And he spits out the coffee. Oh, that's him. <laughs> so, yeah, that's him. And it's, it's, it, 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 Jimmy, in this scene, were you, did you, did you catch on that like, oh, this can be funny too? Or were you still just, okay. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, so they, uh, they show up and they show the filmmakers a headshot for an act- actress named Camilla Rhodes and order Adam to cast her as the lead in the new, in the new film. This he is refuses. the girl. This is the girl. That's all he says. It's just, this is the girl. Um, Adam refuses to let the brothers override his authority as the film's director, which might be a little glimpse into how David Lynch felt about that I got Dune oh. yeah that I got that it, it, this was personal to David Lynch and here's why yes. I think it was <laughs> yeah is is that kind of homage or whatever that uh, anyway um so there's there's a lot of the director's side story that doesn't compute for me in the general um premise of a dream like there's right. a lot of specifics to him that have nothing to do with her Mm-hmm. That why would she be seeing these things like this mm. casting thing? But this is the girl, by the way, and this is probably this obvious is to you guys. This is the girl. The picture of the girl, the girl named Camilla is the girl that Camilla, who is Rita, kisses at the end. And I think that that's the running thing for for Betty, <gasps> Diane. Who's, oh, this is the girl. And this, this is the person is the like she girl. deliberately brought me here to show me that she's moving this on. Is the girl. So this is the girl that triggered the murder. This is the right. girl. Right. Almost. Okay. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Almost as though like Diane is like, I'm okay being your side person. Like, cause the dark-haired lady Rita, who I don't know if we ever find out her real name. It's Camilla. Um, oh, Camilla! Thank you. You just said That's, it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, Which I'm, is the headshot they were supposed to be giving is her right. headshot. Right, right. Um, 
it's almost like, look, I understand that you are in love with this director or not, maybe not in love, but you are in, in a relationship above board relationship with this director. And for whatever reason, I'm not going to guess anyone's sexuality here or whatever, but you also kind of always have a woman to the side to some, to whatever extent. Mm -hmm. And she was happy being that person. Right. But now this is the this is the girl. This, this is, is the, the girl, girl. That I'm being replaced with. This is the girl that that's why they kept saying that over. This is the girl that yeah. Uh, all right. And, so I, there, and I think extending the the logic that I adopted from one of those essays, the reason why we're seeing parts of the director's life mm -hmm. is that she needs to believe that she was recast. Yeah. Like and it wasn't in it wasn't in Camilla's control. Like mm. she was like some nefarious outside force was the one. It hadn't. It wasn't because oh. you know they fell out of love or interest. It mm. was. It was well. You have to, and and then because and this happens later on because she also needs to believe that the director is kind of a loser. He. Ends up, you know, his wife cheats on him with Billy Ray Cyrus. I was going to say, it's not Billy Ray Cyrus. And, <laughs> and by the way, you asked the question before, was this the scene where I thought this would also be funny? It's when Billy right. Ray Cyrus. Yes, yes. I was like, okay, this can also be funny. Right. Because what the that heck was, just, was, it was he ridiculous. doing there? Which is an important part of David Lynch. <laughs> so he, that, that scene, if we're going to jump ahead, if that's okay, we can scene. at this point we're we're in the blue box now. So like I'll I'll, With I'll go to the key. plot right. Wait. So I'll keep going back to the plot, but like just you you two tell me if if it's like yeah we've covered. That. So the we we've seen the weird casting couch, right? No, no, no. Okay, that, but that's another thing is that just okay. So they're they're in the <laughs> they're in the they're casting in the room. And or the, right now we're in the boardroom, and then uh -huh. he's like, "Fine." And, he, I, and I wrote down, "Why does he have a golf club?" He just had oh. a golf club what on the table. About? Like, why is there a golf club? And by the way, never comes back again. Nope. The golf club's there so that he can bash in the car of the people who came in and said he had to cast that girl. Right. And then he goes home, and I remember distinctly, he says, "I'm going home," and his secretary, whomever, kept asking, "Look, you come here. I'm going home." He that kept was repeating, funny. I'm going home, and it felt really deliberate saying I'm going home because when he got home his wife's in bed with a plumber or whatever Billy <laughs> Ray guy. Cyrus pool a guy. pool guy that's right <laughs> and it's Billy Ray Cyrus and she's super mad at him for even coming home and then right. he doesn't say anything he just goes and grabs her jewelry and a pink paint can and pours <laughs> the pink paint into the jewelry box she gets all mad and Billy Ray Cyrus punches him out he just silently walks out into his car with pink paint all over him and drives away and ends up at a seedy hotel. Yep. And then, then the, like the hotel manager comes and knocks on the door and he's like, uh, by the way, you don't have any more credit. And right. But I got plenty of money. I got plenty of cash. And he's like, I pay, yeah. I pay you in cash, buddy. And he's like, yeah, but your credit is gone and your bank yeah. called, your bank called the hotel to tell me that your credit is gone. The what does any call. of this have to do with this dream? <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know. I, th I, I think it, it I think it's, I really think it's that she needs to believe that he that he is not happy. Okay. 
that he's not that whether Camilla is happy or not, whether whether it, outside of Camilla, this person is just not a good choice, and this person is fundamentally unhappy, and it's easier for Diane's psyche to see it that way. Okay. Here's this person who gets no happiness in his life. His wife is cheating on him again with Billy Ray Cyrus. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the thugs come to, like, everything about this person needs to be pathetic in Diane's We can't tell. In, yeah, dream okay. reality. Okay. In the house, we can't tell if the music is something that characters are hearing or if we're right. hearing. Where's that music coming <laughs> yeah. from? It's goofy yeah. music. Well, and then just like, and I don't know how far I'm jumping ahead, not very far, um, just like she needs to believe that the hitman is, like, kind of ineffective. Oh. So, yeah, 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 totally. Like, the, maybe he wasn't good. Cause it, so then later on when he's in that scene and he kills those people, he screws <laughs> it all up. He, yeah, he's a so complete he's a, he's, bumbling mess up. Yeah, he's incompetent, so maybe he didn't actually execute the, exactly. the plan. But exactly. before we get there... There's another scene that also was very <laughs> funny where uh-huh. there's this massive dude that pulls up to the house, to the director's house. Right. And, and he's calling for him. He just repeats his name, right? What was his name again? Uh, Adam Kesher. Adam Kesher. Adam Kesher. He's this big <laughs> dude. Yeah. And then he beats the hell out of Billy Ray Cyrus. And then the the ex wife is like jumping on him, and she basically barely covers his head. She's so oh, small, yeah. <laughs> it's like a so like nuts. a flea. Like yeah. it was it was pathetic, and she's getting on him like trying to beat up this guy, and she's and then like he just psycho. gives up. Yeah, and then he just like gives up. Finally, gets like bothered with this fly, and he just punches her out on his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he starts walking all. Billy Kesher. <laughs> Adam, as Adam. Adam Kesher. That was it. Yeah. Just like, didn't break a yeah. beat. Like, just beat this lady and then, Adam Kesher. What? And Why this, is that? This is a, this is a theme that I love in David Lynch's work where criminals and any, basically anyone on the wrong side, criminals, hitmen, Mur- anyone who isn't a real threat but is on the wrong side is just an absolute idiot. Okay. They're just they're just <laughs> bumbling morons. And like bad law enforcement, they're also just complete idiots. It, it's 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 a really really good theme that every time it happens, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so sorry. So no, that's fine. So you just covered the goons come to the house. Adam hides out in a low rent motel. We talked about that. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, the proprietor tells Alex got that. So Cynthia, um, like assistant or something. You're right. So Adam's assistant, Cynthia confirms that, yeah, you have no credit. And, and I, I think on some level it's like, the universe of the dream is like rejecting him. Yeah, he has money, but he has no credit. Huh. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's just me. Um, she tells him that the cowboy, played by Lafayette Montgomery, wants to meet with him at a corral in Beechwood Canyon. And this is where the cowboy gets cray. Oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah, so, by, so, so credit, like credibility. Like you have plenty of money, yeah, but you don't have credibility. Exactly. That exactly. Maybe, so, yeah, so then she's like, you have to go see this cowboy. Um, and then he, so he goes, drives up to the, the Beechwood Canyon into a, like a ranch. He was making a lot of funny puns about that too with the assistant. Right. That was really funny, that, that exchange. Um, so he goes to this corral 
and it's like quite literally just a big open field with a fence, like mm-hmm. exactly what you're picturing, listener, of a corral. That's what it looks like. It's empty at night. At night, at night, spooky. But if you for, were a woman, you would not walk there. No, you would just be I, like, I I'm going to stay in my car. But I would. Then, then there's this like like uh, skull of a cow or whatever um, on an archway, and there's a, a a lamp with one single light in it that's out, and then it kind of flickers on, and as it flickers on, he's illuminated, and the cowboy's mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and. <gasps> The cowboy asks him a question. <laughs> Basically, how do you? What was the question? Do you have it? The gist uh, of it. Uh, he's, well, I. The gist of it is that he believes that uh, how the attitude pers- of a man. The attitude of a man says largely about like who the you strength are, of his, who yeah, you strength are, of strength of your character, yeah. uh, how you deal with like a serious situation says a lot about you. And the cowboy, I. I love is one of David's creepy characters because, yeah, David, we know each other. Um, <laughs> Deal. Because um, he's my old man crush. <laughs> he seems a lot of his love Lynch's creepy characters are just that creepy, but this one is like seems like probably just a very upstanding force of good, but also force of like punishment. Yeah. So a couple of things about that. Um, first of all, you should do another podcast because you're so close to David Lynch. You'd call it DL. And you just do it a, a week. <laughs> D- DL Weekly. DL Weekly would be perfect. What's so the, the cowboy says, um, the cowboy says that if you see me one more time, that means you did good. If you mm-hmm. see me more than that or two more times, then you did bad. Yeah. And Diane sees him three times. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Which means she did bad. She did very Where bad. Where does she see him three times? He just like wanders in a scene one time. Yeah, yeah. He's just some <gasps> random dude somewhere. Oh my god, I've got chills again. This is so crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is so psycho. Yeah. Ah! So in a as we kind of talked about, in another downtown office, Joe, the hitman, uh, or a hitman, this is the first time we see him in the movie, right. kills an acquaintance in order to confiscate a black address book. Um, because of his incompetence, and I love this scene so much, <laughs> scene he winds so up bizarre. having to kill two other people. There's a lady, a lady yeah. next door who is sure she got bit by a buck. And then he tries to strangle her. And it doesn't go well. Yeah, and so like he, she fights him off and then, so what he was doing, he shot his buddy, they were clearly old friends, yeah. shoots him in the head and then tries to frame him for suicide. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> suicide. Smart. Yeah, we'll and get there. So, and then he like cleans off the gun to take his fingerprints off and as he does it, he shoots the gun and it goes through the wall, hits the lady <laughs> in the butt. She thinks it's a sting. He, I mean, and then, and then he, uh, but he could have just left it there because it could have been the guy who shot her and then shot himself. Right. right. Then he tries to strangle her. It doesn't work. So then she, he finally shoots her, puts her in the guy's office that he originally shot. And then God. he looks down the hall and he sees the janitor saw the whole thing. So he brings the janitor in, shoots him, and then leaves with the black book. Well, no, and then he, sh- but then he shoots the vacuum cleaner oh, because that's it right, and it set off and the fire it, alarm. And it sets off the fire alarm. So the vacuum cleaner was still on, and rather than go turn it off, he shot yeah. it. That's right. So this so is funny. again what we were saying is that this yeah. is her dream of maybe this guy is such a bumbling idiot that he can't execute yeah. the plan. Oh. Right. And by the way, every time he wipes off the gun and puts it in the other guy's hand, he has this look like, 
Okay, I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wiped the top of the computer monitor. Uh, he's he's very careful. Yeah, but not very really good yeah. at his job. <laughs> yeah. Then he leaves with the black book. Right. Uh, okay, so Betty and Rita go out for coffee at the same Winkies, where Dan and Herb, I guess are their names, discuss Dan's r- dream. And they phoned the police to learn that there was an accident because they were like, well, maybe there was an accident. On Mulholland Drive. On Mulholland Drive. Rita remembered Mulholland Drive. Right. Trying to piece Uh together this crime. And, and then, so they're at the, at the diner and she wants coffee and do you want anything else? No, I'll just have coffee. We'll take the check. And that's like this this blonde, blonde waitress, right? And her right. name is Diane. Diane, yeah. And that name triggers Rita, like Diane. That means something. And then they look up in the phone book the name Diane Selwyn. Selwyn. So Diane Selwyn means something. And by the way, that na- name meant something to me. So this is clearly somewhere in the zeitgeist because that was a familiar name to me. Whoa. Maybe it's um, a character from uh, Sunset Boulevard or something. It could be. Uh, he does anyway. use character names from other things. Yeah, huh. that makes sense. But anyway, so Diane Selwyn is clearly something, somebody important. They look up the address. There's only one D Selwyn. They have the address, and they go to her house. Mm-hmm. Um, so they 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 call and they get an answering machine because uh, Audrey back a while ago there was something called an answering machine. Mm-hmm. It, oh. Where if you weren't home, it was a little robot kind of device that would answer the <laughs> phone for you. Kind of like your mm-hmm. vacuum. So actually, okay, let's go back. Telephone. The telephone was actually something that would go like on the wall, through on a, a wall, and cord. there was a line, kind of like electricity, but it didn't electrocute you. You're kidding. And, nah, it's crazy. So they they get, they get <laughs> Diane Selwyn's answering machine. A phone book is where. <laughs> A phone yeah. booth. So they, <laughs> they get her answering machine and she says, cause at this point we assume that Rita is Diane Selwyn. She's right. like, that's not that's, my voice. That's not my voice. And the funny line of, uh, isn't it weird to call yourself or something? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think falls into that weird, like, that falls into the category of like bad made for TV movie, but like that stuff's starting to shed. Mm-hmm. Things are starting to become more real. Uh. Um, yeah. So, but there's still little sprinkles here and there of like everything's still fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they think, okay, well, maybe that's like your roommate's name. I mean, so right, let's go right, check it yeah. out. Maybe right? that's your roommate and she'll know who you are. And Jimmy, I'll let you take it from here because <laughs> this is one, this is one of the scenes that I want to hear you describe. <laughs> All right. So this, then what happens is that they go to the address in the thing and they see they, they're driving in a cab and they're driving by and they see these two guys in a car, which they've seen before. They've, we had a little scene of them driving down the road. It's like a, like an unmarked sedan. So clearly they're like FBI mm. or police or something. Right. So, so Rita ducks in the back. Like, she, I don't know who they are, but I don't want them to see me. Uh-huh. And then they pull around the back of the little apartment complex and they sneak around the back and she, they, they around the bushes, they see a dude with a, like official looking guy that they assume, I assumed as a, as a viewer that he was somebody important that like investigating something. And then they peek around again and they see that he's like a, a bellhop or a, or a cabbie or somebody taking luggage for somebody that's leaving in this little apartment complex. So then they knock on the number 12, which was the address in the phone book. And it's not, it's not, uh, Selwyn's address. It's somebody else who switched apartments with 
uh, Diane Selwyn. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's number 17, but I haven't seen her in a couple of days. So she must have left, but she actually killed herself. And so <laughs> then they go over there, they knock on the door, nobody answers. So they pull, go around the corner, Diane does, and the windows open. So she's going to climb through the window, but she she needs help from Rita to get her in. Aww. So she's like, let me help me get in because I want to open the door for you. So Rita lifts her up. She gets in there and then goes and unlocks the door. And when she opens the door, she's got her hands over her face like like she's disgusted a- or it smells or something. Yeah, we know something's bad in there. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, later on, we see the cowboy come into that bedroom with the lady mm-hmm. who's on the bed saying, all right, sweetheart, time to get up. That was the second yeah. time he saw the cowboy. What? Yep. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So we see someone uh, who is clearly dead. Yes, and, and rotting. And rotting. Horrifying. Horrifying. on the bed. It is bad. But we don't see the face. so scary. We do we see the see face. You see enough of the, it. It's just like in the movie The Ring, which Naomi Watts oh was also in. Also and the in, people yeah. in the closet. Like, that was the, maybe the first R-rated, R-rated horror movie I ever watched. And it ruined right. me. I was... So was we see scary. we see the face, but the face has been like, mangled. Like it's yeah, it's we can't not make, recognizable. It's indistinguishable, yeah, ah! unrecognizable face. But clearly, somebody's dead and has it been was, for a couple of days. It wasn't cheap special effects makeup either. Oh because no, <laughs> it, it really truly is horrifying looking. And like yes, up, oh my god. I was not but, prepared. But also, as someone who could possibly stay away from a movie like this from that description, it's the only time this movie goes there. So yes. it's it's not something to avoid the movie for no. because it's doing exactly what it's intended to do and it's doing it well and it's not cheap. It's not it isn't, played for... It isn't cheap no. and it's not a jump scare either. It's just... it It's... Just it's scary. just here's what we found. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. so that so at that point it's uh, the a lady who's facing the other way on the bed, clearly dead. Right. So they're there are shocked a lot by of it. Yeah, they're shocked. And this is kind of where things turn. Yes. Um uh so we, there are a lot of, there's some details. I want to get into the audition scene, but I don't need to get into the full like her aunt uh, arranged for the audition and all that crap. Um who so, never actually left the apartment, maybe? What? What do you mean? The aunt who went away. Oh. Maybe oh. never left. Because there's flashbacks at the end where they're flashing back and forth between. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Oh. So so the, the aunt audition. arranges for this audition. And before, and I think this is actually before we discover the body. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The aunt arranges for this audition. And actually this, and we talked about this earlier, this is where the movie turns where it goes from is what the hell is this is this a comedy is this a bad made for tv movie to there are actual stakes here something is happening we still don't know what but something is up mm-hmm. um and so uh diane and rita are reading over the script and it's bad it's just such <laughs> yeah. it's just a bad script and they can't even get through it without like laughing to each other and yeah. it's it's just very typical like lifetime again made for tv movie sort of thing and they're practicing it and and they're like and i kill 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 stab 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 and this is just <laughs> stupid We're girls. Ha, 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 whatever <laughs> right tee fall backwards on a bed you know um and did they have sexy time yet? I don't remember. No, no, I they don't have, think so. Right? Okay, okay. Or, um, hold on. 
doesn't say. No, 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 no. IMDb they didn't have sexy time no, yet. They didn't so, have sexy time okay. yet. The audition yeah, yeah. was happening, and then she's like, "After my audition, I'll come back and we'll go." Right. Yes. Do right. The right. 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 And then so, sexy time because corpses are sexy. Well, the sexy audition time, was important. The audition, well, the audition's yeah. important because this is where we see the tonal shift in the movie, where they show up, she shows up to the audition, and I'm paraphrasing from a video essay a lot here. Um, they, um, she shows, shows up to the audition, and all the typical Hollywood types are there. You have mm-hmm. the lead actor of a you know, 50 year long run of a soap opera. You have a director who looks like a director, but he's kind of a buffoon. Everyone's kind of rolling their eyes at him. A couple like agent types, a couple, you know, there's like, yeah, it's, casting director who they couldn't afford on that movie. She's too important, but she's there to watch right, everything. And right. this is the director that directed the first movie that Diane auditioned for, but, uh, Rita, who's actually named, Shoot, what's her name? It was on the head, the headshot. Camilla. 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 Camilla got the job, and and so she didn't get the lead role. That's why she's th- thinking it's a dumb movie, because that's right. the director right. that cast. Because this guy's an idiot. He's a buffoon. Because yeah. he didn't oh. cast her in the lead role, he cast Camilla in the lead role, and this is her reimagining of that. Right. Damn. And then, right before the audition, the leading leading man guy is giving us hard vibes that he's gonna like. Do some really unwelcome things. Yes. Ugh, and yeah. it kind of starts cringy. every, it's all cringy as hell. And it all starts and we're all very sure this is going to turn into a raunchy casting couch, couch mm-hmm. situation. And then they and start, she turns it on its head. She, uh, she's the one who ups the, the ante and she overwhelms everyone with her acting prowess. And myself using included. The ex- yeah, using the exact same exact awful same dialogue that we see them. <laughs> it's like it's a scene between a woman and a man who is her dad's best friend. Right. And her dad's upstairs and I'm going to, you know, and then she says, I'm going to kill you. But yeah. it, it's, again, subverting expectations. I knew that, that something like that was going to happen. And I really like that trope in, in movies and TV where you have the exact same dialogue said and then circumstances change and you say that exact same dialogue. And it, oh, yeah. Bye, Audrey. I think, I think we lost Audrey. Yeah. And it changes everything. Like, like in the like, sh- this is a bad example, but there's a show Friends, right? Where Ross finds out that he, Chandler, his best friend, and his sister are dating, and he says these words like, "I can't believe my best friend and my sister," blah blah blah. And then, like, we're not just dating; we're in love. And he's like, "My best friend and my sister." <laughs> I just like that how they do it. This is obviously more dramatic, but Audrey says, "I think my internet just died." Uh oh. Um, well. I only see my speaky lines. Oh, no, they're yours. Never mind. Uh, let me see. Oh, she's back. Maybe. No, she's not. Hold on. I'm going to make um, a note of where we are in the time. That's too late for that. I'll, <laughs> I'll just I'll just see where she her audio drops off. All right. Who do you well, think do you, I am, Eric? Do you um, want to keep going or do we want to... Because it's see. as a listener, it's totally seamless when the people go away. Other, other- 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wake up. Hold on. We're all going to pretend that nothing happened. So anyway, uh, the audition. Yeah. Audrey, what did you think about that? Well, I just thought this Betty character is an amazing actress and David Lynch should put her in his movie. Right. Yeah. She should act like that all the whole movie. Yes. (laughs) She should. What's how how did. So I, I guess at that point I was kind of like, David Lynch wants you to forget you're watching a movie but you're watching a movie within a movie and he's very, he's masterful at getting you to think the way he wants you to think and feel what you what he wants you to feel. I think. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about his style and whether you like it or not, but this is a person who is extremely good at using all, all the tools, every single tool, even to the minute detail of the furniture to the 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 direction that he wants to use it in. Yeah. yeah, and that brings me to the king of Hollywood. Like, what in the hell was that dude? He's like <laughs> the king of Hollywood in this big open room in a chair with these right giant yes. buggy eyes and, and no video. It's just like this like this speaker that he can speak to everybody and so they can hear him. And then he's got a desk and a couch, and that's it in this massive room. It's and the casting couch, point, but a I thousand think times he is worse. The keeper of the, he's, he's the, the keeper of, of the couch. Yeah, he's the king yeah. of Hollywood. Well, and, and people have analyzed it mm-hmm. that this that movie right. is is on. You know, it's of course it's story wise, it's about everything that we saw and all the mysteries therein, mm-hmm. but. Meta wise, is people have speculated that this movie is about what Hollywood has done or can do to women. Yeah, totally. Because she's she's at that at some point she's just a washed up actress that people right. we forget about oh. actresses at a certain point. Right. Um. But yeah, I got that that same thing. But anyway, so King of Hollywood is inconsequential in the movie for the most part, other than he's the one that says that this is the girl. Right. You know, it has to be that girl. Well, and I think it's important. It's interesting to know maybe that this was going to be a TV show. Oh, that is interesting. So that kind of, I feel like that King of Hollywood subplot was probably going to be fleshed out. Mm. And that was probably going to end up being the who killed Laura Palmer of this TV show. I get the reference. Right. But I well, don't the, know I, that is. the idea is that <laughs> David Lynch never wanted to reveal the killer. It mm-hmm. was always going to be this like this well that he could keep going to, and whenever any character got close to any sort of answer, he would kind of say like, "Well, yes, but then that becomes deeper, and now we have to explore." Oh, that. interesting. You so kind of right. like Star Wars lore. Oh, God, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what's the what's the deal with like? Uh, Directors making big movies like Star Wars are concerned with telling a story and making it comprehensible to everyone, where David Lynch just is concerned about telling 
a dream like his his agenda or his his just like I think he is he is sharing with us the exploration process mm. and it wouldn't be fun for him to make and it wouldn't be fun for us to watch if he wanted us to I mean, ultimately, there is, yeah, to have the answer. And I don't think there is any one answer. I think it's more just like a feeling. Here's Mm -hmm. a feeling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there are some clear answers and there are some. And, and, and again, I think David Lynch really puts those out very clearly, or at least in a way that you can piece it together eventually. Uh Um, but in terms of it, I think it, it really is just about, I'm going to create this feeling. And he's talked a lot about it being, you know, he's interested in a cinematic experience that is like equivalent to music where like you could easily say this song is about this and you could oh. be like, okay, I get it. It's about this, but that's not the same as listening to the actual music with all of the, the production and the orchestration and all the, the cracks in a voice and everything, everything right. matters. Oh. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of imagery and a lot of deliberate imagery that's, that feels like it's hiding in plain sight, mm-hmm. like the lamp and the, and the, the phone, the telephone right. and the lamp. And I, right. I couldn't expand on that other than there's imagery at the beginning that ties in at the end. Oh. Well, what I, what I got from that is that the, f- and, and what's interesting about that is that the, <laughs> Jimmy's dog's hungry again. Um, what's interesting about that to me is that like there is this phone and we never see a person attached to the phone. It's just this phone on a wall. Again, Audrey phones that you could put on a wall or a desk. You couldn't put them in your pocket though. Huh. Um, I don't believe you. Phones. It's weird. It's weird. It's, you know what? Before 2000 didn't even. Was really that CGI? How did they make that phone stick <laughs> okay. up there? No, phones weren't CGI. They were actually like made in a phone factory. Huh. Um, anyway, so <laughs> the phone is this, it's like this weird phone that's in this place that is most likely other. And then we get confirmation of that when <laughs> they, Take the phone off the hook, dial two numbers, mm. hit it like three times, right. dial another number, and then that gets Diane's phone to ring. Right. <laughs> Outside of the dream. <laughs> so, um, all right, all right. So casting, and then what happens? She nails right. it. She knocks it out of the park. She and the, totally nails the it. The real-time casting agent pulls her out saying, this is a crap movie. Here's the real people we want you to meet. And yeah. then takes him to set on the lot to another set to the director, Brad, Adam, Adam, Adam Kesher's, uh, set, which presumably he's now back on set because he went to the cowboy. The cowboy said, you got to make this right decision. So he sees the, this audition and it's an audition evidently, but it's like a full production of this musical number of like a fifties doo-wop kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. That was yeah. weird. Yeah. And it was like fully fleshed out. Like it was, it was a full on like production with test. backup singers and it, yeah, but it was a screen test evidently. Well, it's how, it's how a naive person probably pictures Hollywood working. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then it's all right. The next one, let's get the next one. And it happens to be the one that this is the girl. This is the girl. And so she does her number. And just then, uh, Debbie, Pat, Betty, Betty, Betty comes in with the casting agent 
and they like the director she and the director lock like eyes. lock eyes like yeah. something like they just are connected somehow yeah. Yeah. and you assume that there's this budding love interest that's going to happen they're just connected and they can't you know that they're you know it's kind of like the intangible yeah. will they which won't then they. puts her in the camilla position right yeah exactly and so she has the control in this relationship. Yeah, but she's because, not going to get the role because this right. girl, yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. Rita doesn't know who she is. She's power, she's a, she's a babe in the woods. She's powerless. And Diane, the dreamer, gets to like fix her. Gets, right. which is what a crazy person wants to do in a relationship. Oh! Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> It is so nuts. So crazy. <laughs> so, and again, we could be wrong about all this, but that's part of the beauty of Lynch, you know? Yeah. Um, Maybe so then, it's not the dream at all. It's just Betty dying. Oh. Hmm. Betty dying. I don't know. Does Betty die? Well, no, but it was still kind of. Yeah, kind she of. goes into the box. Because, well, th- and that's the thing. Part of the Part of the theory is that Diane is dreaming about this um, fantasy, mm-hmm. but everything in the fantasy pushes towards reality. So the closer we get to reality, the more Betty does kind of eventually disappear. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So let's get there. So, we, okay. <laughs> so we go to, okay. So here we go. Uh, uh, speed round. We, they do, they have the uh, audition. They find the dead lady. Sexy time happens. Then they go to Club Silencio. Was not expecting yes. that. So they, they go to Club Silencio, but they have the sexy time. And I mentioned it before. It went from, from them being platonic friends to I'm in love with you over and over again. More boob than I expected in this movie, but mm-hmm. um, but not in a sexy way. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't right. It's not like when I was a teenager, I rewound it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, no, David Lynch does disturbing sex. Yeah, so wonderful. But <laughs> and, and the mouth sounds were graphic. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, so they have the sex time, and then uh, <laughs> Rita wakes up in the middle of the night and starts saying "silencio" and some stuff silencio. in Spanish. And then, like, almost like she's crazed. And then it's two in the morning. She says, you need to come with me. Will you go with me somewhere? And it's like two in the morning. Will you go with me somewhere? And then they go to Club Silencio. She has a terrible wig on. Mm -hmm. She has. Oh, that's right. She. Oh, the wig thing. They start start to. Well, they start to visually. Oh, no. I bought my microphone. (gasps) Uh, So not only are there stories their realities starting to bump up together and merge together but they're actually starting to physically look like each other yes yeah. because after they find that dead body she goes into the ki- the bathroom starts cutting her hair and uh and betty comes in and is like i know what you're trying to do but let me do it for you mm-hmm. and then <gasps> gives her a blonde wig mm-hmm. so they look like each other <laughs> sexy time and then um then they're both in the blonde wigs at the Silencio, which is effectively ah. a show, and that show is saying that none of this is real. This is yep. all an illusion. Yep. They have like the the, the guy comes and, like here's the sounds from off stage, but that's not real, and this isn't real. Which, by the way, is the hotel owner. Yeah, with the blonde oh, mustache. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and this is a, a this is a scene 
David, David Lynch, he has, if you're into him, if you watch him a lot, you, he helps you because there's always, there's always a scene like this in every one of the, everything that he does in, uh, Twin Peaks The Return, it's episode eight, Audrey. Um, the one with the nuclear bomb. Oh. Uh, there, there's always a moment where he basically comes as close as he, as he will to saying, this is actually what this is about. Here are all the pieces. I'm not going to tell you where they connect, but I'm going to, this is the, this is the missing chunk right here. Oh my God. I'm not going to tell you where it goes, Chills but again. this is what you were looking for. Yeah. And so, so then there's a singer that <laughs> sings a song in Spanish and it's actually a Spanish version of a, a song. Roy Crying Arbison. by Roy Crying Arbison. by Roy Arbison. Yeah. Right. Which, and it and is moving. It's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> And the, yeah. both ladies end up totally crying, holding hands, and then the end of the song, she's still singing, but she's on the ground. Well, she, cause, cause at the, like you said, at the very beginning, the MC says, there is no orchestra. Right. There is no singer. This has all been done before. This is all not real. This is, this is a production. Yeah. That's and then so out comes crazy. this woman who sings this heart wrenching rendition of crying. It's so heart wrenching that you can't possibly think that she's not actually singing it and right. she's crying. They're crying, but they have this weird thing where they're, it's almost like they don't know why they're crying, mm-hmm. but they, but they, but they know that they're hurting both yeah. of them. And at one point, and Betty like shakes, like she gets, yeah. like the MC yeah. gets this light in her his face and like she starts convulsing. That's yeah. So and then weird. the singer, and then she's singer still singing collapses, acapella. Well, yeah, it's a cappella, and the singer collapses, but we still hear the singing play. Right. And the MC comes out again, and he says, more or less, I told you, mm-hmm. I told you this wasn't real. <laughs> and, the, and then Betty reaches into her purse and pulls out the blue box with the keyhole suddenly that matches the a key. a blue box. Yeah, David. there's suddenly a blue box in there. <sighs> David Lynch. <Yes. laughs> you rascal. And then... They're back at the apartment, mm-hmm. and they pull down the hat box with all the cash and the blue key. They open the box. Well, and then- here, but here's the thing. I don't know if you noticed this, but they go into the apartment together, and um, Rita reaches for the hat box, brings right. it down. And Betty's and gone. And Betty's gone. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know where she is. She's gone. And then they, she opens the blue box and then effectively gets sucked into it. Mm-hmm. We as a viewer get sucked we, into yeah, it. Yeah, we get sucked into it. It drops. And this is when the movie starts. And then the ant comes <laughs> in and just. For the third the time. Aunt, aunt, aunt yeah, whatever. Aunt for Aunt Ruth comes in to the same room. The box is gone and she just has this, she's just kind of looking around like, I thought I heard something. Yeah. And meaning, did Ruth ever leave? Like this, none of this ever Probably actually not. happened. Probably uh. not. Oh. And then, and then the cowboy appears mm-hmm. in Diane Selwyn's. But we don't know if she's dead or not. Right, Diane she's laying Selwyn's, in bed. Yeah, and he says, "Time to wake up, pretty lady." That's the second time. And that's the second time. And then, oh, uh, no. yeah, then effectively, what happens in in a brief amount of time is we find out that Diane Selwyn was upset. She's not on Mulholland Drive yet. She's not in the no, car yet. No, but just a series of scenes. So what happened before when the apartment twelve 
uh, the lady's like, hey, she moved. We switched apartments. Mm-hmm. And then we see the scene where that lady comes to collect her things. Because she's like, at the original scene, she's like, hey, I haven't seen her in a couple of days. But if you see her, tell her that I need my stuff back because I still got mm-hmm. stuff in there. So then we see the scene play out where she comes and she gets her stuff back. Clearly, mm-hmm. they had a relationship. This was a rebound relationship from... From Rita. Possibly. No, I actually, th- I think it, I actually think it was not that because, and I don't know, I'm not going to speculate to the extent of their relationship, but I don't know if you noticed, but one of the things that she wanted to make sure to get was the, an ashtray shaped like a piano. And right. she gets it. And then the, and then we have more flashback situations and then we see, them having sexy time on the couch and right. that ashtray is still there. Oh, interesting. So I think what we're seeing is time going backwards or time oh, moving in yeah. a way that isn't linear Not in linear. any way. So my, my theory is that they had a relationship. They lived together for a while. They decided to switch apartments. Mm-hmm. And then that scene and she's with um, – what's her name? Camilla. Camilla. She's with Camilla. Camilla's like, hey, we can't do this anymore. Right. Effectively breaking up with her. She well, and then, of- and Diane's reaction to that is the reaction of a crazy person. Totally. Yeah. And, and the, the, the blue key. So the blue key is an actual key right. now. Yes. And uh-huh. it's, a, and it's, it's given to Diane by the hitman who was all clumsy before in the diner, gives her the key saying, when you get this key, that means it's done. The deed is done. And mm-hmm. she's like, what is it open? He's like, ha, ha, ha. And he laughs her off. Like, it's yeah. just his calling card. Like, this is a right. thing that hitmen have. Like, when you see this thing, you know the thing is done. And now ah. that blue key is on her coffee table. And that's it's also, been done. it also relates to the cowboy because if you see it once, ah. then nobody's been killed. And I just thought of this. But if you see it the second time, that means I did the bad thing that you hired me to do. Right. Oh! And it's, you did wrong. Now it's on her coffee what? table. She's feeling all guilty. She has uh-huh. some flat, like, fantasy scenes. Uh-huh. And there is... Talk about disturbing sex scenes. Yeah. The masturbation scene yeah. is... Like, aggressive. It's, oh, it's aggressive. It's angry. And yeah. it's it, she goes through the range of every every emotion other than totally. joy. Oh, yeah. Or... 100%. Like, or even and it's like, so, yeah, it's bizarre. And, and then she gets it's the so phone well call. Acted. She gets the phone call calling back that red lamp, lampshade. Uh-huh. She gets a phone call. It's sexy time lady. It's Rita Salim. I want to, I'm going to write it. Camilla. <laughs> Camilla. 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 Basically is, she's in, she's, she's confirming that Diane has agreed to go to a thing that she wants her to go to. Right. And, she, and the Camilla's, car's outside. Right. The car's outside and Camilla seems very, you know, almost like I understand why this is hard for you, but I'm really happy you could come. Yeah. I want you to be here, please. The car's outside and it's at 3690 Mulholland Drive. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she gets, she, she's on Mulholland Drive. Very same, exact imagery is the beginning when the, yep. the limo got hit by a, hit by drunken teens. Mm-hmm. They stopped the car. And this she says, this stopped. isn't where we stop. So it's the <gasps> yep. same dialogue that was done at the beginning with the accident, quote unquote, scene. And then Camilla comes, opens the door, say, hey, it's a, it's a shortcut. Come with me. Yeah. They walk up into the hills to the director's I, house, to Adam's house. And I'm going to borrow from David Lynch here where he says an accident is a terrible thing to happen in his in his liner notes. And the the accident, this is where two accidents in... In 
Diane's own mind, two accidents happened. The accident with the teens and the accident with this event. Going to the event is an accident. Going to the event. It was an accident. She should not have gone. Because she's there. She meets Coco for real. Which is yep. Adam, the director's Adam's mom. Adam's mom, and I love her so much because she, she's yeah. so annoyed by her own son. I, <laughs> I feel like I would be her when I'm 80 or something. <laughs> and she's actually really, she's very, like, she's irritated by Diane to an extent, but she also has this air of, like, oh, you poor thing. You're, you're, you are, yeah, you're stupid for thinking that you could be a big star because of the Jitterbug contest. Mm-hmm. Because Which that is, is what actually, we saw at the beginning of the movie, by the right, way. The that is contest. actually in the reality of it. Um, but she, like, pats her hand, like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so they, they all have dinner, and they're having champagne, and then um, they're going to announce that they're getting married. And mm-hmm. this is the girl, actress... The blonde mm-hmm. one who looks like Charlize Theron comes in and kisses Camilla, Camilla. and uh, kisses Camilla and, and like that's that's the moment. This is the girl yeah. that made me do this thing. Yeah. And by the way, he also this is says, the girl. right. And by the way, he also says, you know, hey, I I he's talking about the divorce, his divorce settlement. She's like, yeah, I got the house and she got I, the pool I, boy. I, yeah, I got the pool and she got the pool boy. I wanted Billy to, Ray Cyrus. I wanted to thank that judge personally. Right. Like he's, he is not a loser. Well, he's probably to some extent a loser, but by Hollywood standards, by, you know, he's doing very well for himself. Oh my gosh. In fact, he's probably really lucking out in a lot yeah, of he's, ways. He's a hot young director and she made him out to be a loser in her dream, but. Right. Um, anyway, so then, then the and rest then, of it's a little bit. And then she sees the cowboy. Oh, that's right. She sees the cowboy just walking. He's just, just walking some, through. Just some, just some dude yeah. at the house. He's just right. some dude at the party. <laughs> and she made him important in her dream. Right. And then at that point, it's a little bit of a blur for me. There's some really weird imagery. And then she okay. sees the box. And then go ahead. Okay. So we, we're we back in Winkies. And we see – and I'm just doing an off, I'm doing this off the dome because – tired of the synopsis we are in winkies where we see diane hire the hitman he explains the thing with the key and we see the guy from the dream scene right from the beginning yeah and then we see the creature person thing behind winkies yes who is holding the blue box holding the blue box and puts it in a bag Puts it in a bag and then puts the bag down, and out of the bag comes the two old people. Old, old people, but who they're are super tiny. happy. They're very tiny and super happy. Willy Wonka style, weird, tiny. What? So here's what I think. Okay, is that um, the former roommate that you referenced mm-hmm. mentions that? Hey, so and so came by the apartment. They're looking. They're asking the questions. They're yeah. looking for you, mm-hmm. right? I think the next scene is the de- the detectives at her door, knocking on the door because we hear knocking on the door, and right. That's when she Diane's opens her drawer. Diane's aware that she's out of options, that she's going to have to be that she will. And this is I'm doing a lot of my own interpretation here. She's realizing that as soon as she opens the door and the police get involved. She all of a sudden becomes a kind of person 
she has to accept that she has done what she has done and she is not an innocent. She is not a victim here. And in fact, she is the monster and she cannot allow Uh, that to happen. And we've already established that she's not very, I mean, she's in a lot of pain. mm -hmm. Yes. But if we didn't have, if we didn't have Betty, we would not like Diane. Right. Totally. So then the old people represent what exactly? Fate, uh, the police, all mm. of it. It's basically, it comes, it, it comes crashing down on her. And in her mind, the only option is grab the gun, kill yourself, and in the movie. That's what happened. And then, um, the, <sighs> the blue box is the blue box, like the, 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 um, briefcase from Pulp Fiction. I think the blue box is the thing that it's, it's our interface with the movie. And hmm. the, there's a scene that we didn't talk about where there's this crazy lady that comes to the door and prophesizes right. to Coco that something is bad in there. Something is dark. Something's evil. And Coco brings it up the next day. Hey, this crazy lady said that you know, there's something bad in there. So you may want to get rid of that girl. Oh. I know she's not the, I know she's not a friend of your aunt. You got to, fix this and I that that was never really explained. I think that that was a big I think that was a bait and switch because I think that that was she was then presented as a crazy person. Uh-huh. And I think that it was presented in like David Lynch knows that he makes the movies that he makes. So when a character shows up and is like spooky, weird stuff, I'm gonna then we're trained as an audience to give that person credibility. Credibility, yeah. But then oh. when the landlady comes over and is like, uh, she's a nutbag. Right. That. But then the next day, that nutbag, it was credible because she said this thing. So, you know, it's true. Right. But I think what they're pointing at is here's this strange person that showed up in the apartment. They're going back to the, the pure reality of it, of just like. This is a, this is a strange situation. This shouldn't be happening. And maybe the the crazy lady is identifying that something is wrong here. But I think that she's identifying that it's kind of like the she might even be like a precursor to the MC at, at Club Silencio, kind of saying mm. like this isn't actually real. Things something's off. Things something's wrong here. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't put a whole lot of thought into that. So, um. I think we, we've ended the movie at this point. I think we have. Okay. Um, ask me the question. <laughs> do scale, you love the Beatles? Scale of one to ten. <laughs> scale of one to ten. Okay. Scale of one to ten. Zero or one being I hated this. Ten being I loved it. Five being right down the middle. Where are you? I think before. This conversation, I was probably at a seven. Okay. But I'm probably closer to a nine at this point. Nice. I kind of loved it. Nice. I kind of loved it. And it was a character study. Uh huh. And it was a human study. And the, now that I understand about the dream thing, they acted phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. Like to act poorly as a good actor has got to be really hard. Like to yeah. not be real, but make it real enough that it's not a farce, you know? Right. So I, I just, I mean, Naomi Watts has always, I've always think she, thought she was a phenomenal actress, but man, it's, it's a masterclass in, in emotion, mo, emotive performance. Right. 
And, and if you're interested, you should look at people talking about Dave, actors talking about David Lynch as a director, mm-hmm. if you haven't already. How he's based, they, they love working with him. I'm so he's, curious he's about that. Totally supportive. Yeah. It, he, the, the story is basically that he's very supportive. The environment that he creates is actually really fun for them, even though they're doing serious work. Mm. He's aware of how serious it is and the emotional work that they're doing. So he gives them a lot of space. He doesn't tell them how to do anything. He just says like, you know, he gets to know the person and he, and so he's like with Kyle McLaughlin, for example, he would say something like, I need you to think more about fog. Think more about because fog. Because he knows. Yeah. Cause he Dang. knows that that will, that will get Kyle McLaughlin somewhere oh. where with someone else, he might need to say, okay, well, this is what is happening with your character. Not this mm-hmm. is how to say this line or anything, but just, mm-hmm. This is this is where we're at. This is what's going on. Um, and he's very he's hyper respectful of like uh, in Lost Highway. Patricia Arquette gets naked a couple times, and she took the job specifically because it was David Lynch and because of the naked scene that she had never done and she was terrified of. Mm. And apparently, according to the story, before that scene, David Lynch brought everyone into another room and basically just nobody knows what he said to them. But when they came out of that room, they all, according to Patricia Arquette gave her this look like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm here to see this. Oh, wow. Uh, Fun fact, uh, Audrey, you've heard the song Rosanna before. Rosanna, Rosanna. Rosanna. I did say Patricia. You did. Okay, thank you. But that's you've heard that song? Oh, never mind. So. It's her sister. <laughs> songs anyway. were songs were things that used to be played on the radio. And the radio <laughs> oh, huh. used to have things other than people screaming about David Lynch movies. <laughs> David Lynch um, movies. So all right. Uh I found Is the somebody's beer we're dog drink. snoring in the background? It's my dog. She's okay. just crazy. <laughs> it's a perfect time to record for me, but for her it's witching hour and I don't I, I open the door, um, she I just, I, so I before, just to, just to put a pin on this, as a David Lynch fan, uh, Jimmy, I can assure you, and I think, I'm assuming you can still hear me, even though you're walking away. Okay. Um, I can assure you that as far as I can tell, the only movie of his that is weirder than this one is Inland Empire. And the only movie that is not of the same quality is Dune. Okay. So Inland Empire, I'm presuming like, Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, don't, don't touch it. Okay. Right. <laughs> don't touch it. Dune, but, it's, it's fun as a, as a joke, but if basically, if this is a flavor that you want to go back to, David Lynch will be a, a it will pay off. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I'm open. It, it's, it was much more pleasant than I expected. It was uncomfortable. Good. Of course. But the experience and the discovery of the, um, the uh, imagery and the, the metaphor and I just the whole thing. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, I enjoyed the conversation too. So thank you yeah, for your recommendation. Yeah, Audrey, I'm all in for Encanto, but we'll do whatever you want. Um, so <laughs> I think that's a natural a, choice. We should probably just do Encanto. I'll watch it. it. All right. We're doing Encanto. Great. Oh, by the way, we're doing Encanto. Um, um, <laughs> so just... McKellar, 
I was yes. going to say that, that can we give this movie an honorary spot as number one best film that we've watched for Scraping the Vault? <laughs> I would say followed by Cats. Well, <laughs> no, that's why I'm having is, a hard time between Cats and this one. I'm just first joking. is Mahalo yeah, Drive. Is, second is Aladdin, King of Thieves. <laughs> I mean, Very Brady Christmas has got to be up there somewhere. No. But, um <laughs> Yeah, so I will say this is the honorary best Scraping the Vault film to date. Yay! Nice. Hand, hands down. Um, McKellar is a Danish, a Denmark-based brewery. Mm. And they open up a brewery inside of the Met Stadium. Uh, so it's McKellar NYC. They have Blucher drains. They're wonderful. You should look into that. Um, so McKellar NYC and David Lynch partner for a limited edition Mulholland <laughs> Drive beer. Nice. It is called, as reported by the website Welcome to Twin Peaks, the dry hopped Belgian style wit beer, This is the Girl, <laughs> is the fifth limited edition beer McKellar and Lynch have partnered on. Awesome. The beer was brewed with coriander and orange peel with a flavor that's slightly bready with fruity esters, resulting in a uniquely balanced and refreshing beer. Interesting. Uniquely coriander. balanced and refreshing is this film. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uniquely balanced? I don't know. It doesn't imbalanced. feel that imbalanced, sure. Imbalanced, but uh, for aesthetic purposes. Um, All right, Audrey. That's what we're drinking. For dinner, you guys are gonna love this. We're going to your favorite diner, and we're getting corned beef and cab, uh, corned beef hash rather. Mm. Um, but you have to wear a lot of lipstick while you're eating it, so it tastes kind of like crayon. And <laughs> some, just somebody's hair is in it. And All the right. mystery is, how nice. did that hair get there? And then you have to like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So. For, uh, to drink with your ears, we're gonna listen to, um, all of the music that is, oh my god, beer <laughs> this is the that's beer. awesome. <laughs> this is the beer. Amazing. <laughs> um, we're gonna listen to music that has been inspired by David Lynch's work since Twin Peaks. And there's a lot of it. If you type in, uh, Twin Peaks, uh, returns music oh. whether you have seen the third season or not or whether you care to or not and if you like the nostalgic aesthetic of twin peaks there are a lot of musicians who have taken that and moved forward one of them is the chromatics oh, and hell yeah. they released a song called shadow and this is just as a sample of the bigger world out there of lynch inspired music and i should have started the music before now because of the slow build which i'm doing right now hey out there everybody out there this one goes out to Rhonda from uh dominic dominic (laughs) says i'm sorry that you're so jealous that i can dunk but uh Rhonda, you're still the girl for me and uh it's uh, 9.78 here on David Lynch Radio, where <laughs> things are cray. Here's the chromatics. Oh, they're singing now. I'm going to stop talking. I'm your DJ, Diane. Goodbye. This song's a banger. Or is it Betty? <laughs>
I'm also Betty. This is the song. Hello. This is your DJ again, just letting you know that none of this is real. This has been recorded before. You're not actually driving your car, or are you? Whoops, you just crashed. Haha, <laughs> sucker. I, We're going to get to the chorus. I've been listening to this playlist, the Twin Peaks. Oh, really? Yeah, since I watched the movie. And it's such a vibe. Nice. Such a It is a vibe. It is, yeah. And as I said, as I've said before in several different settings, David Lynch is my aesthetic. <laughs> so I'm into this. <laughs> to know David Lynch is to know Dan. I, to know Dan yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's. I'm not that complex. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Or That's are you? you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's this. So it's David Lynch. Really, it's David Lynch, Count Chocula, Disneyland. I mean, that's 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 me. <laughs> there you go, Count Chocula. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't pick the Roy Orbison song. Uh, Crying. <laughs> oh, right. Jimmy, are there things that you want to say to close our podcast? Oh, that's right. Um, yes, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the uh, best Scraping the Vault film to date. It was Mulholland Drive. Thank you, Dan. I really enjoyed it. Uh, not a 10, but pretty close. It passes the Bechdel um, test. It passes the oh, Bechdel test. Oh, it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the, the anti-Bechdel. Anyway. Um, so sure. <laughs> I also invite you to listen to our other shows, The Supreme Resort, which is a delightful podcast about Disneyland and Disney World, which is better. Uh, Ears Up, which is a podcast about Disneyland hosted by people who don't really like Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, Ears Up 2, Ears Up in Depth, which is a news show with Jeremy. Uh, and then we have Bantha Milk podcast which just did like a multi-part series on uh book of boba fett which is meh meh the book meh the book of boba fett is a limited series on disney plus it's like a spin-off of the mandalorian and it's meh i think thundercats in an episode sure yeah thunder 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 cats the, the bet I have with my anyway. Oh, okay, got it. the The bet I have with my eight year old is that he says that either the Mandalorian or Baby Yoda will make an appearance in this show. We have two episodes left, and it's building to I think Mandalorian's going to be in it. Ooh. I told I'm him, just going to high five and move yeah, on. I bet him ten dollars that neither would be in it, but I think I'm going to lose ten dollars. <laughs> uh, anyway, so those are our other podcasts. Also, please contact Concierge Ears eight five six Hour Ears. Uh, I just booked a, a trip for a family, uh, multiple packages. They're Disneyland people, but the reservation system is very complicated nowadays. Uh, I was able to get them in the Paradise Pier Hotel. Nice. If you go all the time like Dan and you just want a hotel, I can get it for you for the same price, and it supports this podcast and continues the content. Uh, all those things. Yay. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be kind to each other? I think we're going to be kind to each other. And what are we going to do? Right. Uh, we, until next time, when we do Encanto, we, that's right. we invite you to be, be kind, kind and rewind. rewind. Oh, we didn't talk about the sequel to Mulholland Drive.
What the hell?